0: Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Amen. Very welcome this morning. Is there anybody new here for the first time? If you're the first time in Cork Church, give me a little wave where you are. If you're here for the first time. I'll oh, bless you. You see two hands here. Anyone else this morning? In the back, God bless you. I see more I see more back here. This is fantastic. Would you just stand so I can see you better? That's, I won't call you. Just stand where you are. Everybody turn around and have a look. And welcome to Cork Church. <laughs> you're very, very welcome. God bless you. Very welcome. Thank you very much. God bless you all. And um, just for those who are from Ukraine, we we love you. We are very saddened for you. And I'm going to ask you to be patient as we try to uh, find the technology and more translation to help you integrate in the church. I know it's not easy and it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But God has you here. And we want to do the best we can for you here at Cork Church as well. So you're very welcome. And may God just bless you this morning. Praise the Lord. I had a joy of being uh, with Pastor John, Carmen, and Andy at the Portuguese service on Thursday night. And what a beautiful sense of the Lord in that service. And uh, so grateful to that work of God. It was a wonderful atmosphere. If if you're a Portuguese speaker if you were looking for a beautiful wife or a, hus- a handsome husband, you get into that service, amen. But they were worshiping. They were, there was worshipers there, and it was a joy. So we commend them to the Lord this morning. If you have a Bible, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 14. Early in your Bible, Genesis is your first book, chapter 14. a uh, uh, Tremendous story about the patriarch, Abraham, or Abram, as he's called at this stage. His name, God calls him Abraham at a later time. But for the sake of me not stuttering over Abram all the time, I'm going to use the word, his full name, Abraham. And our reading starts from verse 8. Then the, king, then the rebel kings of Sodom, Gomorrah, Admah, Zebulun, and Bela, also called Zorah, prepared for battle in the valley of the Dead Sea. They fought against King Kedalomar, Elam, King Tidal, Goim, King Amraphel, of Babylonia and King Arioch of Elser. Four kings against five. As it happened, the valley of the Dead Sea was filled with tar pits. And as the army of the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into the tar pits while, others, others, while the rest escaped into the mountains. The victorious invaders then plundered Sodom and Gomorrah and headed for home, taking with them all the spoils of war. And the food supplies. They also captured Lot, Abraham's nephew, who lived in Sodom and carried off everything he owned. But one of Lot's men escaped and reported everything to Abram, the Hebrew, who was living near the oak grove belonging to Mamre, the Amorite. Mamre and his relative Eshcol and Anor were Abram's allies. When Abraham heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized. 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued Cadillamor until he had caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked Jordanite. The night. army fled, but Abraham chased them as far as Horeb, north of Damascus. Abraham recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought, it back, brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions and all the women and other captives. After Abraham returned, From his victory over Kedonomer and all his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shavah. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God Most High, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abraham, or Abram, of God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God, the Most High, who has defeated your enemies for you. Amen. Interesting. God has defeated the enemies for you, not Abram. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered. This is where tithing starts to originate in the Old Covenant, by the way. Uh, the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give back my people who were captured, but you can keep for yourself all the goods which you have recovered. Abraham replied to the king of Sodom, I solemnly swear to the Lord Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say, I am the one who made Abraham rich. I will accept only what my young warriors have eaten, and I request that you give a fair share of the goods to my allies, Anur, Eshgol, and Mamre. And what a tremendous story here. It's a tremendous part of the history. The formation of the nation of Israel comes out of Abraham, of course, as we know. That's God's incredible plan. Remember, God get calls a man. Out of that man, he gives a nation. Out of that nation, he gives a homeland. And out of that homeland, the king of glory, the savior of the world. That's the plan. That's the Old Testament plan. And all the stories are about that and are all built around that story. And uh, so here we have um, Lot's nephew, of course. Uh, you know, this war happens. As it always was, it was a very vicious world back in, the, uh, back in the early times of history. In early history, very vicious. There was no United Nations, no, there was no Geneva Conventions. and uh, So here you have these five kings do battle against four. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah lose in battle. And Cedalomer uh, and, and his army sweep into those, into those cities and take everybody captive. They plunder the city, take everybody captive, take the wealth. And Lot is there. Lot is the nephew of Abraham. And of course, you know the story of Lot, many of you. Lot really started out in the early journey with Abraham. Lot attached himself to Abraham because he saw something in Abraham. The Bible talked about Abraham's faith. You know, it's amazing. Men and women of faith have a natural attraction. They do. If you're walking in faith, even those who are carnal will attach because they see something in you. And and to, to a degree, I think Lot had that sense of uh, Abraham heard something from God and he attached to him and he went with Abraham and they they journeyed together. And as he was, you could say, under the commonwealth of Abraham's faith, he was prospering. He he prospered, his his herds and his cattle prospered. God really blessed this man. But, you know, eventually the the heart of Lot becomes undisguised. The disguise begins to slip. That is a man, he's, he's, he's not truly converted in heart. He's he's, he's definitely convinced that Abraham's got something. He's convinced there's power in, in, in Abraham's relationship with God. But in his heart, he's not fully there. It's like, like many can be here. You could be here this morning and you could have been born into a Christian home and you notice know something here. You notice know something behind it. You attach yourself for a season. And as you're here in the house and, and, and even attaching, even under the Commonwealth of Cork Church, even the fact that you've a praying mom and dad, there's prosperity in your life. You might not see it that way. You're getting better grades because you're you're living a Christian life. You're getting on in the job because you're more trustworthy. You're not out drinking and boozing all night long and can't turn up for work the next day. You're there. You're studious. You're hardworking because of even the normal disciplines of a Christian life. But some along this journey, lot you know, the Bible says Lot turned his gaze towards Sodom and he left Abraham to a strife between Abraham, Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen. And rather than humbling himself. I mean, you would have think that Lot in that controversy would have said, the only reason I have anything good in my life is because of Abraham. You know, you know sometimes the dishonesty, you know, we have as people, when we, when we think that somehow we have all these good things in our lives because we are just great people. You know, it reminds me of uh, the story of Gomer. You know, Gomer misinterprets you know, her lovers are, 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 she thinks her lovers are leaving all these presents at her doorstep. And actually, in fact, it's her husband, Hosea. Hosea is secretly letting goods for her. She, he knows that she's left and become a, a loose woman and is with different lovers. And she's left her marriage and left her children. And she ends up in terrible distress. And yet the goodness of Hosea to let goods for her, you know. I want to tell you, all good things in your life and in my life have come from God. They've all come from Him. To see them the when you begin to mature as a Christian and have a, a more understanding of what that means, the more that becomes true. You might say, no, well, that's not quite true. You may have arguments in your mind. I'll talk to you in 10 more years, and you will tell me that's true. Everything that is good in this world has come down from the Father of light, in whom there's no shadow or turn in him. So, uh, you know, lot ends up in distress. He, get, he ends up going to Sodom. So many Christians end up in Sodom. So many people that are brought up in the church end up in Sodom. So many people that know better end up in Sodom. A warning. It never works well. It never goes well, friends. It never works out. But that didn't stop Abraham. Abraham was still concerned. And it's a type of the heart of the father, isn't it? You know, what the psalmist says, Where shall I flee from your presence if I take the wings of the morning and if I descend into the other parts of the, of the sea? Even there, your right hand is with me. There's a sense, even for the worst one out there, and the worst one listening to my voice, even in you, there's a sense that God's hand is on you and near you. I know it is because I know how he works. He never abandons you. Abraham didn't take insult the fact that his nephew got too big for his boots, got a little bit mouty, got a little bit, you know, haughty and and left him and took the better of the land. It didn't matter to him. The minute he saw Lot in distress, he gets his 318 trained men and he goes after them. Amen. Amen. See, that's what love does, friends. Love goes after the lost to seek and to save them. Thank God. That's the heart of God. We heard it here this morning, some people's view of God is that, oh, well, if I'm doing everything right, then God will love me. If I'm doing everything correct, I want to tell you, God loves you anyhow. He pursues you all the way. The problem is that you end up in such distress, such pain of life, such mental illness, such financial fatigue, because you don't walk his way. You pierce yourself through with so many sorrows. And he ended up in a terrible place. Lot and his family, you can imagine, his children, his wife. I won't tell you what would have gone on in those sorts of arenas, friends. You know yourself, what sort of world that was. Abraham goes after him, and he defeats these men of war, and he brings back all, all, hallelujah. You heard that word this morning, I have paid for all your sins. I've paid double for your sins out of Isaiah Amen. There's not one sin, friend. There's not, not one weakness that the enemy has sown or you have sown that God hasn't come to bring his answer. Amen. And so in his return home, Abraham, he's met by the kings of Sodom, but first of all, a character called Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of peace, mystery man of the Old Testament. I believe he is a type of Christ, if not a, 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 if not a, a theophany itself, but he comes and he ministers to Abraham. Abraham is in this endeavor to, 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 and he's come back from a war. They're fatigued. They're hungry. I'm sure. I'm sure they've lost brethren in that battle. But it was a great victory. They had released all these captives. They had brought all this wealth back home. And Melchizedek comes, and you just know it's the spirit of God at the right time. You see, God knows what's coming down the line. Amen. God knows that there's a bigger attack coming against Abraham than just these armies that took his, his nephew. God knows, friends, what we're facing. He knows what's coming around the corner, and he prepares him. He fortifies Abraham's faith. You know, you mightn't see that now, but that's exactly what was happening. The man is fatigued, but he brings him bread and wine. Thank God, hallelujah. Thank God for the body of Christ this morning. Thank God that Monday is coming with all its woes and difficulties. But we can we can enter the presence of God today. We can break bread today. We can remind ourselves of the victory of Calvary. Amen. We can refresh ourselves. We can get our minds focused. We can get our hearts settled again. And we can face whatever the enemy brings against us. Amen. What a blessing we have to come together in this house this morning. And to break bread and to drink wine in remembrance of the body and the blood of our Savior. What a glorious joy we have. Have. Yes. And that's what the administration was to him. There was something very, very spiritual in this transaction, not just naturally nourishing, but spiritual friends. But comes comes, praise God, when he pours in the oil and the wine in your life. I love that story of the Jericho road. I've, I've i've been in israel i've been on the jericho road it's it's at the lowest level and jerusalem's at the highest level and it talks the story about a man fell foul to robbers and was beaten severely and he was found on the jericho road and the samaritan came and he poured in the oil and the wine hallelujah Oh, praise God this morning. That's every Christian's testimony. He poured in the oil and the wine. Thank God he refreshes us with his body. Hallelujah. Abraham knew this. Praise God. Hallelujah! Because it brings him bread and wine. Nothing gourmet about it at all, friends. My flesh is real food, Jesus said. And my blood is real drink. There's something here that's more powerful in the fight in life than even in natural nourishment, friends. You can have all what this world has to offer and still thirst and still be hungry. But I want to tell you, there is a fortification that happens when you relate to God. Alleluia. Pastor Patrick and I were talking, uh, I think, maybe Friday, and he was telling me of something that he read recently or maybe a while back, but I thought it was very interesting. Because of the rise of mental illness within, a lot, within the world, right across the world, I mean, let's be honest, everybody knows every everybody knows somebody, if not dozens of people that are suffering from anxiety and fears. And it seems to be at a a, a pandemic level. I believe it is at a pandemic level. And particularly within the younger uh, uh, generation, the Z generations, as they call them, and the millennials, the same, this absolute fear of tomorrow, this anxiety of how I'm perceived by the world around me, and and, an anxiety of thinking that you're losing out and time is running out. And it's just Great Holy Society. And Pastor Barclay said he was reading a report that, that men and women who started to read their Bible for about 15 minutes a day, not a lot of reading, after only doing it one day, there wasn't, there wasn't much of a movement in the, in the drop-off of, of the oppression and depression. But he said, when they did it, three and four days, it went down, was it 80%? 70%. The rate of mental illness and anxiety dropped by 70%. For men and women that were just nourishing themselves on God's Word Hallelujah. for 15 minutes a day, yeah. for four days, and then 70%. That was the, study, the case study that was done in it. I want to tell you, there's life and health in God's Word. Amen. Amen. There is nourishment Amen. for your soul in God's Word. Friend. And I want to tell you, you're not going to be able to face what's up ahead until you begin to nourish yourself and what's already been given. Yes. You don't need to re- reinvent the wheel. Don't be living in a diet of YouTube videos or whatever, TikTok or nonsense like that. Get back with your Bible again. Let the Holy Spirit begin to bring revelation. I want to tell you, Christian, if you would only 15 minutes a day say, I'm going to do it, set it on my phone. I'm reading the Bible. 15 minutes, I'm going to get two, three chapters done. I want to tell you, if you're anxious now, if you're depressed now, you let the Word of God and all its goodness go into you. And that's going to start lifting off you. Hallelujah. It's a money-back offer. If it doesn't work, I'll give you your money back. Amen. But I want to tell you, it works. It's been working for 2,000 years. Hallelujah. And so the king of Salem, he administers this bread and wine because he knows, I better fortify Abraham for what's coming down the road. He knows that the enemy is going to try to rob what God has put into Abraham's heart. Abraham had a vision that God put into him that he was going to see a mystical city whose author and builder was God. He knew that there was a seed going to come from him that would bring about the salvation of the world. And yet in this journey, if you look very quickly, no sooner has he brought the, the bounty back, they're straight in. And this is what they say to him. You can keep the money, give us the people. I want to, I want to challenge you this morning. No, the devil has never changed. You can have the money, but don't worry about the souls. See, a lot of modern Christianity has forgotten about people. It's Coke oh, forgotten about people. It's so forgotten about your neighbor. You know, there's no, they say there's no sense of community anymore. Nobody has neighbors. They have, but they don't even know their names. There's no sense of relationship. There's no sense of, you know, love. Communities are falling apart. Why? Because we want the money. Why? Because somehow that, that opiate of those wicked kings was, it was tantalizing, I'm sure, to Abraham. That's a lot of wealth. Abraham could say, it's mine anyhow, I'm going to take it. But he, he wouldn't. He knew that he started his journey by faith. And he knew that it was God's journey. And he was not going to look to this world to be his supply. He was not going to look to anything other than being led by the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you, friends, that's a challenge. Because the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Amen. It says that concerning Abraham. Abraham believed God. It was credit to him as righteousness. But it's not just believing once. It's living by faith. Amen. It's living by faith. The worldly kings offer wealth, prosperity, materialism to Abraham. You know, to start out on this journey with with trusting God only and his word and walking by faith, but somehow to succumb to the vices of the flesh. You know, the flesh will always say, well, it's good to trust God with your soul, but trust this with your happiness. Trust this with your fulfillment. Do the Sunday morning thing at Cork Church. We won't take that away from you, Abraham. You can have your bread and wine. We're not trying to replace God. We're just trying to say, you don't need to trust God with any other area of your life. You can make yourself happy. How many young people have went that journey? I put my hand up because I was young once. Amen. Thinking that I'll trust my soul to God, but I'm going to make myself happy. I'm going to make myself complete. And that's a temptation, friends. That's always before us. You can understand why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, you foolish Galatians. Having begun in the spirit, you think you now can work it out in the flesh. You know, Christian, this morning, when we come in and worship the Lord, you think you can take on Monday morning just with the natural mind? Do you think that that's all that's what it's about? It's just a religious duty? I want to tell you, friends, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to somebody else. Amen. We died. Hallelujah. We, I said I died. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I, that Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Every step of your life has to be subjugated to the will of God. Should you take the promotion, should you take the course in college, should you leave your city, should you leave your church, everything needs to be measured by what God would say. Everything. Everything. You don't start this life, friends, and perfect it in the flesh. You don't start, oh, this is great, I'm saved, but now it's just me and my own, and I just work it through. And Abraham answers them. I love how he answers them. He said, you know, in his heart, I can feel the indignation. I've started with nothing. I came from nothing. I came out of the Chaldeans, from a pagan family that had fallen into darkness. I heard the voice of God. He has brought me. he He has prospered me, and I will not take so much as a shoelace from you. Lest you say, he has made him great. What a tremendous man of God. What a contrast to Lot. Lot just you know, get, get, uses the things of God for a leg up. But then I want to tell you, he comes into an awful time in Lot's life where it ends very badly for him later on. God's answer is always the cross. Amen. God's answer is always the bread and wine. God's answer is always Calvary. God's answer is lifting up his son as the way forward, as your life and your health and your peace. He alone can refresh you and keep you in this life. I want to tell you, you can have all that this world has to offer and still thirst. And Jesus said it, friends. He said and, the day, and in the gospel, he stood up in John's gospel and chapter 7, I think it is and the last day of the great feast. He said, if any man is thirsty... Let him come on to me and drink. Oh, what a supply he has for you. Hallelujah. It will refresh your soul. Abraham knew this. He knew that you don't get this far in God only to switch horses. You don't, friends. It's a challenge to us because it's so plausible. Well, you did fight for it. Take it. Take someone else's wealth. You know, even if it's not illegitimate, the Christian is a life led by the Spirit. It's a life led by the Spirit. A few weeks ago, Pastor Larry ministered here. I was in Greece. I was listening intently, and I just loved how he didn't talk the doctrinal level of the Holy Spirit. He talked about that walking with the Holy Spirit and becoming intuitive to God in your prayer time and listening for the voice of God and living with intentionality, and how God would naturally then begin to move within your life. You know, some of you started like that, and you lost it. Some of you, there was times in your Christian experience that you remember times of intimacy, hearing the voice of God, sensing the leading of God, the guiding of the Holy Spirit, and now it's been a long time since that has happened. Somehow you've found yourself straight into a Gomorrah thinking, into a worldly thinking, with all its plausibilities, and I'm sure you can argue with me, but I want to tell you you're still in Sodom. You can argue me that you're prospering. I can say, fine, we'll see how that ends. We know how it ends. You don't reinvent the wheel. That's why history is there, friends. If you don't learn from the mistakes of history, we will repeat them. Abraham knew. I've trusted him all this time. Think yeah. for one second, I'm going to start relying on this world. Do you think I'm going to take them as a sounding uh, page for my life? How many of you Christians are reading your agony ants in the back of page, whatever it was on your, on your you know, going to all these people, these psychologists and, and all these people giving advice on how to live their life they're on their third and fourth marriage and they're telling you about yours dealing with their own mental illness you find an awful lot of people that go into these disciplines are people that have deep psychological issues themselves and they, get, they tie you up in mumbo jumbo all your life get you so looking at yourself, talking about yourself talking about your problem, talking about your latest tablet, your latest issue Moving you away all the time from the true source that can help you. Hallelujah. Abraham knew it. No, sir. God's not a leg up. The gospel is not a means to selfish gain. Not a thread, nor a shoelace. I don't want any of this world's goods, friends. Only what God has for me. Only what God wants to give me. I don't want any of the ill-gotten gain. And ill-gotten gain, friends, for us Christians is to take gain that God hasn't brought you into. How many have gone down career routes that have taken you from the Lord, took you from your primary call? And I'm not against career routes. If God brings you, makes you to be an engineer, be the best engineer, Amen. If God wants you to be a lawyer, be the best lawyer. If it's going to be a farmer, be the best farmer, that's, and, and make all the money you can and give it to the poor as best you can, Amen. But I'm talking about a life that's led by the Spirit, not by the world. Men and women that would take note that I have opportunity. Oh, you should do this course. You can go here. You're great there. And you say, well, what does God have to say? That's how Abraham lived. He knew he could have taken the legitimacies of this bountiful supply of money and goods that he had conquered. I say, well, my men bled for it. I'm going to keep it. But I want to tell you, he said, if I start compromising now, if I start changing direction now, friends, Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom, and Abram simply continued to believe God to fulfill his promises. He who began the good work in you, the Bible says, he will be faithful to complete it. Beware of the flattery of this world, its enticements, its lures, its deceptions. The kings of this world would quickly say, God can deliver you from the enemy, but we will deliver you from poverty. Yes, God can refresh you uh, with his, with his uh, body and blood. We're not trying to take God's place, but listen to us. We will help you to be happy. No, they won't. There's no happiness outside of him, friends. Happiness is walking in the will of God. Yes. Blessed is the man. That means happy. Blessed is the man. Abraham was certain of one thing. He would never take comfort in the world's ideas. He was ne- that was never his standard, friends. He was called, chosen, set apart. He had promises given to him by God, conditioned on his steadfast faith in the word of God. And, church, we can live like Abraham, we must live like Abraham. This is the model, this is the type in scripture. Some trust in horses, the scripture says, and some in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. Hallelujah! Proverbs 6 3 verse 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Psalm 35, 7 says, commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What a glorious God. Proverbs 16, 3 says, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thought shall be established. What a promise from the word of God this morning. God will animate you. God will direct you. God will fulfill you. God will give you what prosperity you need. And in a Adversity, you will have a spirit. Hallelujah. The point is that poor old Lot planned his way to prosperity. He planned his life. He planned his life. Get out of that thinking, friends. I don't have a life. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I ask him what the plan is. In him we live and move and have our being. It captivated him. Prosperity and the world and all that there it destroyed his marriage. It destroyed his children. It destroyed his life. He never cared about Lot. Those kings never cared about the people. And care about anything but themselves. And this world is the same. When you scrape the mask of, 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 of people's, you know, goodwill, it's, it's short-lived, friends. I remember the start of the pandemic and everybody was singing Kumbaya songs and putting them on YouTube and comforting one another. And then when the third lockdown happened, it was everyone for themselves. It was. The mask quickly slipped. Because you know what? All of us, including me, none of us have that strength. That only comes from him. He's the one that can refresh you with his bread and his wine. He's the one that can touch you with the cross. He's the one that when you're running and empty and you're fatigued from battle and the enemy's coming down the road, he's, he offers you his presence. And that's why fellowship, that's why fellowship is so important. I want to say you, if you're here this morning and you're second-guessing church on a Sunday and you think it's this, that, I want to tell you it's absolutely vital to your Christian growth. And I'm not saying that for a self-serving reason. I started this church with my wife and my mom and dad and a few other people, and it was only a handful we had the presence of God. We'll have it with or without you. We wish to have you here, but for your own sake... Neglect not the assembly of yourselves, the Apostle Paul said, as some are in the habit of doing, but come together all the more as you see the day approaching. The body of Christ, the Word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. These are the benefits of the cross. Amen. Amen. This is what God is telling us today. And this is what Abraham saw. You can start out in this life, friends. You can't start out in this life, Christian life. You cannot keep one foot in Christ and one foot in the world. Lot did that for a while. He had one foot here and one foot there. You cannot have a divided heart. Either Christ is enough for every situation or he's not. You make the decision because the decision will have to be made. You won't sit on the fence. And actually, I, when you read that verse in Revelation, I wish you were at a hot or cold. He can tolerate hot or cold people. Even people who are cold, he can tolerate. But the one that's sitting on the fence, that's hedging their bets, seeing which way the t- wind will blow. I'm telling you, there's no time for that. I've got, great, I've got great time for people who have absolutely a difference of opinion with me and, and hold it all the conviction. I have some atheist friends. I, 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 I admire some of their craftiness in argument, to completely disagree with their premise, but they have a conviction. I have a complete disagreement with the left and its whole economic ideas, and what it looks like, and yet some of my friends are lefties, you understand? I, I, I can have all that friends. But I want to tell you this it's the counsel of the Lord that stands. It's what matters most in this life. It's where we take our direction from. Hallelujah! When you start out in faith, believing God, uh, to free you from the chains of fallen flesh and sin, you must not continue. In, you must continue in the same faith, friends. God will work it out for you. God will work it out for you. Hallelujah! Man cannot live on finances alone, our career alone. Let me tell you, it's by every word that pr- comes from the mouth of the Lord. We will not let this Christian life be governed by anything other than the Word of God. I said nothing else. We will not, we will not. I want you to say this morning in your heart to refuse fleshly counsel. Yes. Refuse it. Yes. What a test to you today. Who are you keeping company with? Bad company corrupts good morals, the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Corinthians. Refuse Christless solutions. If God's not in it, it's only a good idea. Amen? Amen. Lot had a good idea. I can quadruple my, 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 my wealth. I can have a better life if I move where the populace is. I have less transportation costs. It makes economic sense. It's going to prosper me. But he lost everything, friends. Barely escaped with his own life. Refuse fleshly counsel. And say in your heart today is a Christian, not a thread, not a shoelace. I'm not given into to the enemy. My bearings are being taken from the Word of God, from the presence of God. This is your inheritance. These are, the Bible says, are the sons of God, the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. Do you know that the Spirit of God wants to lead you? Do you know the Spirit of God doesn't want you second-guessing your future? He doesn't want you second-guessing what steps to walk in. He wants to speak to you. Amen. He wants to talk to you. Amen. He talks through his word. And as you pray, he begins to build in that spiritual man that that will live forever. Everything else is going to die. Your natural ability to see and smell, taste, touch and hear. As you get older, they start to diminish. Hence the glasses. And then they get worse again, you can't see anything. Our faith is not upon our natural eyesight. Our faith is not built upon how we can hear or see, see, smell, touch or feel, friends. It is based upon a belief and conviction. That we are in relationship with God as Abraham was. And the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God must speak. I must hear and obey. His voice to you is Christ. His instruction to you is to believe him. When he refreshes you with the great work of Calvary. Then you will know revelation. Then you will see his salvation. Then you will feel his comfort. There will There will be light breaking forth from your life, friends. Nothing will make me great. Nothing can make me great. Greatness is believing God. That's what Abraham taught us. Oh, you're not going to make me great. I'm already great because I believe in a great God. Hallelujah. You can't elevate me any higher than the Son of the Almighty God this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, there's no I. I I don't care what title they give you. I don't care if they call you chief or boss or Mister or sergeant or captain. There's our president. There's nothing higher than a son or daughter of the living God. Hallelujah! I'm already at the top of the rank now to start enjoying the journey, friends. Amen. Everything else is actually beneath me. And if God wants me to step down and do a job, I'll do it by His grace. Amen. I want to tell you, my first of all is to be a priest and king unto the Lord. Amen. Oh, lest. This world thinks it's made you happy. Oh, Lot, learned the hard way. Many today are in Sodom. Many your lives are ruined. You're financially ruined. Your health is gone. But it's not over. There's restoration for you. Hallelujah. I said it's refreshing for you. Abraham still went after him. God goes after you. He goes after rescue time and time again. But it comes a time you have to put on your spiritual big boy pants. Do I hear an amen? Amen. And start believing him. And start settling the argument, I'm a Christian. I live by faith in the son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what Abraham's, I'm not going to give in anymore. I'm not going to the agony answer. I'm not going to worldly ideas. I'm not taking my sounding from TikTok, YouTube, whatever's out there. There's probably new things, Twitter, Twits, whatever it is you look at. I want to tell you, want to take what God says and begin to digest it as Abraham fed upon that bread and wine and it refreshed him in spirit when the attack came down the road and it's coming down the road, friends. The test is immediately after church, immediately when you go home. Are you going to trust God with that calamity? Are you going to trust God with that decision? Are you going to pray? Are you going to seek him? Are you going to refresh yourself in the presence of God and hear the voice of God and have a peace that this is the will of God? Are you just going to try to make it up your own way? I'll make myself happy. Well, Lot is immortalized in the scripture to show us that is not the way to go. But what is immortalized to us too is that the just shall live by faith. Amen. And Abraham was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. And friends, this morning, every true Christian, our hearts are aching to see him and see his kingdom come, and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And until that day, wherever we are, whether we're here in this church or another part of the world, we're going to trust in him, as Abraham the patriarch showed us. He believed God, and it was credited as righteousness. Will you stand this morning? There may be some here that need to rededicate their lives to the Lord. There might be someone here that you have just been like Lot. You've... you've, prospered under the commonwealth of a good mom and dad who loved god you were part of the church and all of a sudden you begin to walk away from the lord because the glare of the bright lights and godless godless uh, counsel godless counsel is men and women who are not godly they know not the things of god they're enemies of the things of god and you've listened to them and god would say to you you dull your ear to them you listen to the word of the lord this morning and he said, I will draw you in cords of love. And you may have offended God. You may have sinned. You might have been a very stupid man or a woman. You might be in here today broken in your body, pregnant out of wedlock. You might be in trouble financially. You might, be, you might be facing a jail sentence. And none of that's going to go away. The baby's still going to arrive. The jail sentence is probably coming down the road. But I want to tell you, you need to know one thing. He says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. So that means you're going to pass through some waters. There's going to be consequences. But now you need to fortify yourself in the body and the blood of Jesus. And to say, God who touched me as a boy can touch me as a man. God who touched me as a girl can touch me as a woman. God who spoke word over me today can bring it to completion. And so begin to lift your eyes and say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trust godless counsel. And godless people. I'm not going there. I'm not going for worldly ideas. I want what God has for me if that's your heart this morning close your eyes just before the Lord and meditate upon that and say God this is what I need I've done the other thing I'm I'm, I'm so broken from my sin and my rebellion and my unbelief and then raise a hand to the Lord and surrender because that's your acknowledgement raise a hand yes God bless you and surrender to the Lord say God I'm coming back I'm coming back to the simplicity of the gospel I said the simplicity of the gospel you know it's foolishness to those who are perishing But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God and salvation. If you want the Lord to touch you afresh this morning, raise your hands to Him and worship and say, Oh God, I I want to touch from you again. I want to walk really, Lord, truly by faith. I'm so sorry, God, for looking for Christless solutions from godless people. Come on, just say it to the Lord, because I'm telling you, they have no answers. They, They have got their own problems. They're just experimenting on you. That's all they're doing. Don't be anybody's guinea pig. Listen to the voice of the Lord this morning and surrender your heart to him again. And if you have been sinning, sin no more. That's what Jesus said. He doesn't condemn you. Woman, I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. Christian, you, you leave this house this morning and you get out of that uncarnal sinful relationship. You get out of it. Well, I don't know where to live. You find some place to live if it's a phone box. you sleeping with anyone who's not your husband or your wife. Don't be living in a relationship like that. That's a get- You're just free in trouble, friends. All the world says it's okay. Everybody's doing it. Well, God says, I'm the never changing God. Yes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Dodgy dealings, whatever it might be doing, I want to tell you, start owning up. Take responsibility and trust God. Amen. And let God do something very deep in your heart that the latter years of your life will be full of the glory of God. I just pray that you will, friends. I pray that you put God to the test today. Abraham did. Incidentally, if you're looking for a prosperity ending to this, Abraham died penniless. He had to even buy the bit of land to bury his wife. But he believed to the very end. He's the father of the Jewish nation, he's the father of all the faithful. Not just Christ, but some of the great scientific minds came from him. Amazing, isn't it? that to see the seed of corn fell into the ground, living by faith, but give an example that has lived forever, you, friends. May you and I be such an example to our children and our grandchildren. May it be said of you that you stood believing the Lord to the very end. Though none will go with me, still I will follow. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus this morning. Lord, we are, we are believing you because it's the right thing to do. And Lord, we, are, we come to the conclusion that it's the only thing to do. And so, Father, graciously and humbly, we come back to you. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to restore our hungry and thirsting and broken souls. We ask you to come, Lord, and nourish us again with Calvary. With the body and blood of Jesus. With a sense of your presence in your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and do something in our hearts that only you can do. Refocus this again, O oh God, onto the plan of heaven. And help us, Lord, to leave this world in victory and not defeat. That we will run a race, Lord. We'll fight a fight to the very end. And it will be the good race and the good fight, Lord Jesus. I pray right now, Lord, for the men and women, the many hands that have gone up, Father, that you are touching this morning. That you will release upon them a grace, Lord, to overcome. A grace to forget the foolishness of their past. And a grace to embrace a brighter future because you have promised them so. And that, Lord, they would just be content to be godly. Oh, hallelujah. A little morsel and peace is better than an abundance with strife. And, God, we want that peace. We ask, the Lord, that you would just come now, Lord, and minister to us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.